Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, we'll hear from Lee Bullen ahead of Barnsley tomorrow. It has the makings of a, a really, really good game, so hence it'll be no, 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 said that. Three deadline day signings. We'll hear from one of them. Driving through and seeing people in Wednesday shirts. That's what pushed me to, yeah, this is, this is the place. Plenty more to discuss as well, plus Alpinions, and you're going to need your red pen today because we have some marking to do. First, well, a winning start for Wednesday, 3-1 at Reading. Uh, the team pretty much as we thought it was going to be, no big surprises there? No, there wasn't, and given everything that's gone on over the last few weeks, I, I would say that I don't want to take anything away from Wednesday and how they performed on the day, but when you looked at it, uh, and and I saw the the team sheet come in, and you see the the, the Reading side there, and you're thinking they, they looked a team that were there for the taking, and that they they are. The reality is that going into last weekend, I, I did think that Reading would be one of the weaker teams mm-hmm. in the division. But uh, again, parking that Wednesday went in, they did a job to score three goals away from home anywhere in the championship is an achievement. Uh, and they did have a few scary, dicey moments, particularly after Kieran Westwood got sent off. But yeah, thoroughly deserved the win. Uh, I thought, you know, always carried a threat. Great debut from Kadeem Harris. Mm-hmm. Lots of positives for Wednesday to take that. I just thought the balance of the team looked really good, uh, and there weren't too many weaknesses. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a. Yeah, it was a good performance. It was a funny game in a lot of ways because I thought Wednesday played all right. Um, I think there were times where we looked a little bit um, not quite in our stride, which you probably expect for first game of the season. Um, I thought Reading were poor, and I came away thinking they'll probably be there or thereabouts in kind of like the bottom six come the end of the season. There were signs of a team that just hadn't quite clicked. And I was thinking this week, in a strange way, we, we probably played them at the right time because, um, you know, they've signed a striker this week who's not who's not bad, you know. I don't know if you've mm. heard of him. Um, so maybe maybe it just fell right because I've just got a feeling that Reading team, when when things click for them, they might they might just do all right this season. But first game of the season, you just, you, you never know, do you? Um, right, first thing then, it's nil-nil. Uh, Reading are on the attack. Um, a bit of a defensive calamity from Wednesday. Tom Lees clears off the line. Um, deliberately vague in how I describe that. Um, I, I text you at the time about this, see whether or not you've got a better view than I did. So where, where I was, was uh, right, literally the back row of the away end and literally right up against the, the, the kind of the middle bit before the Reading fans. Literally, I was the last fan before the whatever it is, segregation bit which meant it was particularly fun when we scored and about 20 people came rushing over to uh, to go the, the home fans. Uh, so I, I was about as in line with behind the goal as you could get. And at the time, I thought absolute 100% clear as day handball. And I was, at, I was just astounded that the referee didn't give it. I've watched it back on the replay and I still think 100% cast iron handball. I would agree with you. Yeah, I think Wednesday got away with one there. There weren't too many complaints um, after the game from Reading. Um, there were plenty of appeals at the time. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was one of the few moments really in the whole game actually where Reading got in behind Wednesday's defence. And I, I thought if there was an area for Reading to exploit occasionally, it was on the left-hand side. I, I thought Julian Borner did reasonably well mm-hmm. on his debut. Uh, and I think Liam Palmer next to him at times could have done maybe with a bit more support. Um, 
I would say that was, that was really only negative observation I could make uh, in how Wednesday played. And well, you could argue they could have kept the ball better in the second half to relieve some of the pressure uh, on themselves. But yeah, I, I think that was a big moment that went Wednesday's way in the first half, and it and it could have been a game changer because if yeah. Tom Lees gets sent off and they score the penalty, different ball game altogether. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think we put that down as just getting away with one and. Yeah. Let's Good never, slice let's of never, fortune. Let's never speak of it again. Pretend it didn't happen. Uh, right, Kadeem Harris, um, cracking debut. Um, scored in the first half. Nearly scored with pretty much a carbon copy chance um, not long before that. He was a constant threat. He was a right pain for Reading, wasn't it? They, it's, the, it's a while since we've had a player where the opposition defence just didn't really know what to expect. They didn't really know what to do. He was a handful. Oh, he was, yeah. Uh, Andy Eardham at right back I didn't know yeah, what to do bad, against not him. a bad player at all no he's not at all uh, at this level he's a good player but yeah Harris tore him to shreds I think what we have to be careful though of it's one match and I, would, I don't want to overhype Kadeem Harris I, I do from uh, the matches I've seen so far in the friendlies and then Reading uh, for three transfer I do think he looks like he could potentially be an absolute steal but there are another 45 matches to go. And the reality is that wingers in the championship are often erratic. Yeah. And consistency is the big thing from Kadeem Harris. That's hopefully what we're going to see um, a lot of over the, co- the coming weeks and months where he would be able to replicate that Reading performance against yeah. better opposition. Uh, but I definitely think, looking at him, that he is going to be a handful uh, on his day for a lot of teams in this league, uh, and so hopefully he just builds on that performance. It, yeah, it was uh, he, de- he tired, didn't he? As, uh, particularly as the second half went yeah. went on, you, you could see that. But um, Lee Bourne admitted he that he worked well, hard yeah. as well. He worked a hundred miles an hour, and you know, first game of the season, he didn't. He's not played an awful lot of, uh, of football of late. So um, I thought, yeah, great, great debut for him. Exciting things. You're right in terms of you know. I remember back to where you know Marco Matias scoring that goal at Leeds, and we all thought, "God, we've got a cracking player on our hands here." And then it never really kind of went anywhere from 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 that. So um, interesting to see uh, how Kadim Harris does in the next few games. Um, so kind of second half, I guess the start of the second half, what we sort of expected it would be. Reading coming out a lot quicker off the mark. Probably not a great surprise when it went to one-one. Uh, Re- I kind of saw that really as Wednesday just not clearing the lines all that well. That that equaliser. Yeah, I, I agree. On the edge of the box, I thought it was a little bit too easy for their midfielder to lift it into towards the back post. Great header from their great striker. Header, yeah, it was. You know, good leap and bottom corner. Yeah, Kieran Westwood had no chance. But yeah, a little bit sloppy. I thought the start of second half. Uh, and actually, I mean, the other point I was going to make about Kadeem Harris was that he had then a huge part in the second goal. It won't go down as an assist to him, but the way he combined on halfway with Stephen Fletcher to win the corner mm-hmm. that then leads to Sam Hutchinson powering it in, yep. uh, it was all through his ability to quickly turn defence into attack. And that is what we've not seen enough of from this Wednesday team. And how many times have we mentioned that uh, this year of where... Uh, having the pace on the counter-attack. Now they've got it in Kadeem Harris and then hopefully one of the new boys that uh, we'll touch yeah, upon yeah. later. I, I quite liked from a psychological point of view the fact that um, we were used... Pro- this is probably more of a Wednesday under Yoss thing than anything else. 
but we, we, we saw it quite a few times, didn't we? Wednesday, if Wednesday concede one, they're probably going to concede two. And there's that kind of collapse. It, there's a lot of hope and a lot of, uh, you know, you kind of think we can get something out of this. And then it all just seems to kind of collapse and go wrong. So for, for Wednesday to kind of get, you know, pegged back to one all um, and then respond in the way that we did, I, I don't, I've not seen that from Wednesday all that much in, in, in the last couple of years. So um, brilliant to see that. Fletcher's so close to, um, to, to, to putting us back ahead really quickly. And then obviously Hutch from the corner. What a great moment on his 30th birthday. That celebration, those photos of that. Have you ever seen anyone smile as much oh, well, or as remi- happy as he was? It reminded me of that last minute equaliser he got at Brentford where he just completely lost it. And he's yeah. so passionate in his celebrations. As he doesn't score very often by uh, his own admission. But uh, yeah, brilliant header. And, and after that, of course, Stephen Fletcher... Uh, went close with a header himself and Liam Palmer yeah. had a chance. That that was what I was really impressed with on the day, that Wednesday just looked a goal for it. All, yeah. Yeah, uh, when going forwards, they were creating chances and hopefully we'll see them be a little bit more ruthless uh, and they're going to have to be against better opposition Um yeah, and and who knows, maybe starting this weekend, I think you know they're going to get a stern test. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a newly promoted side uh, on Saturday at Hillsborough. Yeah, yeah. Um, the rest of that second half was a little bit crazy in a lot of ways because both teams had had chances. It was an entertaining second half. That um, right, Westwood sending off. I don't. I don't think there's too many arguments about it being a sending off. I think in a lot of ways the fact he's he's kind of got away with a one match ban. You just kind of think, all right, we'll we'll take that and and um, and move on. My question really is, do, do you kind of see anyone who's at, at fault there? That 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 situation should should it was on a badger, wasn't it? Should, should he be clearing his line? Should well, he just be getting rid of that? It seemed like there was kind of just a bit of a bit of a mix. Up. There yeah. was. That's what it was. It was a mix. Which up. is I, I don't. I mean, that's not very Kieran Westwood like. I, I imagine if you're a defender, Kieran Westwood wants you to do mm. something. You will damn well know about well, it. Well, we have seen. If if we're going to be totally honest, we have seen. Not not very often, but we have seen the odd rush of blood to the head yeah, yeah. from Westwood. Yeah. Uh, over the years where he's come racing off his line and he hasn't got to the ball first and the attacker has nipped in front of him and that's what happened on Saturday. Did it? Did Moses Odebaggio get a call? He might not have done. You've got to remember these guys haven't been playing together for very long so there is that possibility but the fact is it shouldn't have come to that. Wednesday should have dealt with the situation yeah. at source. It should have it should have been cleared away in the stands. And really, Wednesday are fortunate that Westwood. Okay, he's come rushing off his line. He's taken the man out. He's been sent off, but at least he was outside the penalty area, and it wasn't a penalty. Yeah. Uh, and the free kick, thankfully, they cleared it. But yeah, uh, but maybe lessons to be learned there. Uh, again, you'd rather them make this sort of mistake perhaps in communication now and that understanding will improve uh, I'm sure the, the longer that these guys play together yeah absolutely um Odebaggio, I love the song the song's brilliant uh I I felt he just had a couple of shaky moments on on Saturday I know we kind of touched earlier on if there were any negatives I don't, I'm not necessarily saying he had a, a bad game um I did come away th- Couple of thoughts. I mentioned earlier. I came away thinking Reading are probably going to be one of the favourites to go down. The other thing that I came away thinking is uh, it's the fullback positions that are still our weakness. They're going to be the area where um, teams are going to know they can exploit us this season, and I'm still worried about that. 
I understand Saturday worry. didn't really change that. I think, it? yeah, it's too early, though. You know, We can't be judging Odebaggio, even Julian Borner yet. And that back four, two of them are different, as I pointed out last week, and I'll say it again. Yeah. And so... It's gonna. You've got to give them half a dozen ten matches, and if the clean sheets don't come, or if we get moments like we saw on Saturday where it's too easy from say the wider positions for balls to come into the box, and Wednesday don't clear the lines, if if these things keep repeating themselves in, in another couple of months' time, then yeah, I think you're right that in January they'd have to again reassess. And uh, it was interesting that Lee Bourne in his press conference on Friday morning said that they were in the market for a left-back. And I'm not surprised. And we were touching on this last week and we were saying that that would be an area that I think we both agree that should be strengthened when you look at the options they've got. But they didn't manage to get the left-back through the door. So they're going to have to go with what they've got for basically the next 20 games. They've got half a season uh, and so Liam Palmer did well at left back last season. No, no one should forget that. Um, and you know he was in as good a form as he's been in, arguably in his Wednesday career at times. And so Mo- Moses Odebaggio is still settling in. So yeah, I think we just have to give them a bit more time. Yeah. Um, so Lucas Yao, last thing he does in a Wednesday shirt is um, score a cracking goal. To oh, be it was fair. a brilliant goal. Um, and then he scores a goal against the team that he goes and signs for a couple of days later. We'll talk about the transfer in a bit. Um, it's kind of like something, um, I know there's the, the BT Sport thing about the script for the season. It, it, it's almost scripted, isn't it? Jao scores against Reading, then signs for him a couple of days um, later. But um, he um, it's irrelevant now because he's gone. But he did look dangerous when he came on. Oh, yeah, no. He, he did. had a good, good 20 minutes there. He, he would have known going into that that there was the chance that and the possibility that he was going to go to Reading. So, uh, yeah, I think you have to take your hat off to Joao for being so professional, actually, and showing a great attitude when he when he came on. Because he could have easily been in the back of his mind thinking, oh, you know what, I don't want to go too hard into a challenge here. I might get an injury. This might scupper my chances of, yeah. of going to Reading. Uh, and, f- yeah, what, what have we come to expect from Lucas Joao over the years? He's an impact sub, a very good one. That That's where... Uh, 16 of his 28 Wednesday goals came from off the bench and and he did make a big impact when he came on and that was really sort of a typical Lucas Rao goal really just uh, he has got those flashes of genius in him of where great touch and then second one bang into the back of the net let's um let's kind of roll into the transfer talk then and we'll we'll talk about um Lucas Chow first, or uh, Lucas Chow, as we can hey. now call him. It's, that's Portuguese for goodbye. Yeah, you got that. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I've, I've come around to it now. I must admit, when, when it kind of came apparent the deal was going to be done, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be positive about it. In the back end, I'm just thinking, I don't think he's the one that I'd sell. I really don't. And I know, you know you've got to sell what, who the offer's on the table yeah. for, and uh, there may have been people willing to take other players, but it wouldn't have brought as much money into the coffers or... or Whatever, and in hindsight, if he if he wants to go and maybe feels like his career at Wednesday's kind of stagnated a bit, um, it's obviously a lot of competition for places, and he, he you know he probably will go straight into the starting eleven at Reading. Um, yeah, I think he's got to go with our 
best wishes, some great memories, some great goals that he's scored, some games that he's changed. Um, that second goal against Arsenal, which I think you know most Wednesday fans will will always hold him in high esteem for that amazing um, that amazing night. Um, I think if you were to try and kind of sum up Lucas Shaw's Wednesday career, it's really hard to do, isn't it? Because you think, well, in a lot of ways, he's 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 done quite well. He's scored goals. He's proved what he can. He's shown what he can do. In another way, he's been really inconsistent. Ultimately, you know, we've more than doubled our money on him. There's there's so many different ways of trying to sort of sum it up and judge it. I'd sum it up with mixed bag. Uh, You've got a uh, frown on your no, on your face no, as you say it. Well, yeah, it's, it's just that he, he promised so much, really, and never um, achieved it, has he? Well, I, he's never he never nailed down a regular starting spot, and for all his talent, and he's got everything like pace, strength, uh, that tr- sort of quick feet. Uh, you, know, you look at him and you just think that he is a, a modern day striker. He's athletic. He's big, but. Too many matches where you think he hasn't turned up and uh, you're never quite sure what you were going to get from Lucas Schwau. And he's so frustrating, yeah. really. Frustrating's uh, the word, isn't it? It's, the, it's the, the talent's there, but the, I don't know whether it's perhaps the application or the attitude or what it was, but uh, he is not, for me, quite... He did, he, you know, he didn't. he's not... At Wednesday, he didn't fulfil the potential. Um, we we saw glimpses and we saw flashes of it. I think actually his sort of real purple patch came when Jos Lukai took over and uh, all of a sudden he was reinvigorated and he went on a bit of a run. I remember there was it was a great performance at home, I think, to Derby when he got a brace. Mm-hmm. And, and there were some matches where you're thinking he looks an absolute world beater. Mm-hmm. He's doing, you think, you know, he's got the world at his feet, but he's not a kid anymore. You know, he's 26 now. And, so, you know, Wednesday have persevered with him for four and a bit years. Uh, and the bottom line is this, that I think the deal that Wednesday done, I think it's a great financial package. I, I, you know, you're looking at it, five million, which could rise to seven. For, and we have no idea how Lucas Schwell is going to do at Reading. He could come back to Hall Wednesday. Uh, of the strikers that they could have sold, who you're thinking, oh, you know what, he might do well at the next club. Wednesday might live to regret it. Lucas Schwell could well end up being the one. And I'm with you. There's a part of me that's thinking... I would have preferred other strikers on Wednesday's playing roster to have gone ahead of Lucas Well, but those offers didn't come in, yep. other than a very cheeky one from Norwich the week before for Jordan Rhodes, which was complete non-starter. Yeah, yeah, you can you can only uh, you can only do the business that's kind of there on the table, can't you? And if I was a betting man. Lucas Schaub to score 20 goals this season. No. I'd put it on. I don't think that's going to happen. We'll see. We'll I, see. I think he, he might get double figures, but he won't get 20. I guess I guess we'll find out. Uh, right, let's talk about incomings then. This is the exciting stuff. Uh, firstly, Paul, Paul Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great signing this. Straight yeah. into the team on yeah. uh, Saturday. Will Beater. Um, I had no idea who he was. Not going to lie. Never heard of him. Um, a, a really... Um, eclectic career that um, he's had in uh, football but uh, we needed another goalkeeper didn't we so simple as that yeah, yeah. Joe Wildsmith uh, may not play f- any football again this year right. uh, so uh, you know, Joe Wildsmith's out for a number of months with a very serious knee injury and you've got Kieran Westwood who is banned for Barnsley for the, so that's one match without him and you, you're touching wood and hoping that Kieran Westwood is not going to get any Injuries between yeah. now and the end of the year, but can you count on that? 
Like, for Kieran Westwood to get through a whole season without picking up the old injury here and there, uh, I think it's probably unrealistic to expect that. So that would then have left you only with Cameron Dawson. Yeah, so, not enough. No, not enough. So they had to do this. So they brought in cover. And, yeah, who knows? Paul Jones may not play a game for Sheffield Wednesday between now and next May, but uh, it's still important for Wednesday to bring in another goalkeeper uh, in light of the Joe Wildsmith injury. I, I think we could have got by. I think um, Hutch uh, well, yeah, kept a clean sheet against Chesterfield that. or Mansfield where he went in the net, kept a clean sheet, looked um, you know, looked like he was a... Uh, talented in the uh, in the goalkeeping department, yeah, maybe not. Uh, right then, so deadline day yesterday, um, it, it, it kind of against all expectations, it was an exciting day. What's what's quite interesting here is that there were, I mean, we we obviously recorded a week ago. We were kind of saying there's no names particularly doing the rounds. There were three signings that Wednesday did, and and they were um, well and truly kept under wraps yeah. by the the club. There were no leaks. We didn't, you know. The Jacob Murphy talk started a couple of days before. David Bates, I don't think anyone had even heard of him until the actual deadline day itself came around. Um, and then uh, Massimo Luongo, I say yeah, that right? Luongo, yeah. Um, he, uh, obviously, that that kind of was the day before deadline day when, when kind of talk of, of that started. Um, so it made it a really exciting day. You know, it wasn't, there, there were no foregone conclusions. It went down to the wire on, on Hector, didn't it? And it was like, it was it was an exciting deadline day. Um, what what was it like from your point of view? Very busy, yeah, it was. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, yeah, incredibly busy, knowing that Wednesday were trying to get at least the three deals that they got over the line, um, possibly a fourth. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was very exciting. I did actually predict on the podcast last week that it would be busy, uh, and I was proved right. Uh, so I am going to do a bit of a I told you so. It's, uh, Dob, come on. It's transfer deadline day, and you predicted it was going to be busy. That's not like, it's not picking the lottery numbers. Of course it's going to be busy. It's deadline well, day. Well, Andy Sheffield Wednesday. Very true, very true. You're not but, having a gold star for that. Oh, sorry. harsh. Um, but, yeah, uh, Michael Hector... I, I, did, I did sort of intimate and say that I don't, I don't think it was going to happen. No. Well, five, five million. Do you know what's been really interesting with this is the reaction from the fan base. It's been really interesting. Yeah, I mean, you probably won't have had much chance to see it, but I was I spent quite a bit of time on Twitter yesterday um, just seeing what kind of people were, were saying. And I think the majority of Wednesday fans were saying, look, if they're holding out for five million... It's not worth doing that as a that that's not a deal worth doing, um, and and it seemed very sensible. There was no kind of look, just get him, just blow the cash. Um, particularly when it became apparent that you know there's another defender. Well, there were another couple of defenders in the in the picture, but but one that looked quite likely to to get done. Um, who you kind of look at and think, well, he's really young. He's he's actually you know he's played in some big games. He's played for a couple of. I grudgingly have to call Hamburg a big club. Um, he's certainly, you know, he's, he's, he's played in some high-profile matches before. Um, yeah, I mean, com- compared to f- five million quid in the situation that we're in, we've not got money to throw around. You can't really argue with it. And I think fair play to, to Chancery standing his ground. And if the deal wasn't right, it doesn't get done. 100%. Yeah, I, I think they've done the right thing, really. They've gone now for... A 22-year-old in David Bates who has already got a lot of experience under his belt. I, I, yeah. I, I think it's quite exciting, actually, that you know, this guy's played for some two big teams already in his fledgling career in Rangers and Hamburg. Uh, and so he's clearly got something about him. He's been capped four times by Scotland. in no quite a few of the Scottish contingent already at Wednesday. Yep. So hopefully it, 
he quickly adjusts to his new surroundings. And Wednesday needs the centre-half. And Michael Hector was on the radar. Lee Bowen openly admits that. Uh, that you know he, he was one that, of course, Wednesday would have liked to have brought back. But the deal wasn't right. And uh, you know, for Chelsea to be asking for £5 million when Michael Hector is 27 and his contract's going to be up next summer, uh, it's, it's a big valuation on him. And as good a season as he had in the championship last year, right now for the situation that Wednesday are in, it's too much. Uh, and yeah, they've re- they've got good money in for Lucas Schwell, but yeah, Wednesday have to of w- as what we've discussed before. They have to operate differently and uh, look a little bit more outside the box, and they can't afford to spend the millions that they did a few years ago and and so I I think they've been very sensible really on this one Uh, they did actually put another bid in of course for Scott McKenna Mm -hmm. as well at Aberdeen they were very much in the race for him but uh, that again was I think too much Uh, and and so they assessed their options and um, in fact I mean David Bates was due to go to Wigan he was very close to going to Wigan and then that's it Wednesday made the move on deadline day right uh, and that was when they sort of finally got that one over the line. But yeah, hopefully he's going to be a big asset for for Wednesday, uh, and he's going to have a job on his hands getting in the team for start well, with Tom Lees and Julian Borner. Interesting, this isn't it? Because you you kind of look at him and, and look at his his sort of you know record. You know, he's played in the top flight in in Germany. Um, he's played in the top flight in um, in in Scotland, um, and and he's you know his record's good. He's a young age. You kind of guess if he's going out somewhere on a season-long loan that, um, you know, HSV are going for a promotion this season. Has he got a future there? Is is there, you know, a possibility of that becoming a permanent signing in the summer? Um, you kind of think, God, he's a, he's a good player to start bedding in, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so some difficult choices there, I think, for Lee Bullen about what's going to become that regular centre, centre-half pairing. So um, we'll see what happens there. Um, Jacob Murphy on loan. Um, this, I mean, brilliant, really. You know, when we, we've talked... A um, couple of times, and indeed we said last week about someone else that's got pace, someone that can run at defence, someone that's going to cause teams problems, is uh, very high up the list of, of what Wednesday still need. Um, Jacob Murphy kind of ticks all those boxes, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And uh, uh, this guy, uh, this, this, he'd be looking at this thinking that he's got a point to prove. This is a, a Wednesday, this move, it didn't go so great for him at West Brom when he was on loan there last year. Uh, so he's going to be hungry uh, and determined to show what he can do. Uh, and, uh, you know, a few years ago, he was going to Newcastle from Norwich for £12 million. You know, That's how highly thought of he was a few years ago. And it's not quite happened for him since. But I, I, I look at him and I think that, yeah, he's got so much ability. Uh, and, I, yeah, I, I just think that for Wednesday, even if he's not a regular starter to begin with, it's going to be difficult for him to get in the starting 11 with Adam Reach and Kadeem Harris in those wide areas. But I, I think as someone to bring off the bench, he's, he's going to be a great option. Uh, and so it, I would think that that's it. Initially, he'd be bedded in and there over the next week or two, get him up to match speed and full fitness and, in, in, you know, in training, uh, get him used to his new teammates. Uh, and I think it will see him get more chances to play 
yeah. uh, you know, as we go into sort of maybe the back end of August, I think. Yeah. Um, Luongo um, very much also kind of ticks that that box that we talked about in terms of being a bit light in midfield. Uh, he ticks it well as well. I mean, this is a guy who's got plenty of experience. He knows the championship. Um, it's not a risky signing because this is a you know really established footballer. Um, Great bit of business, that. Really good bit of business. Yeah, I think so. He was entering the last year of his contract at QPR, so for Wednesday to get him for you know what I'm led to believe is around one million. He's a good age, 26. Brilliant. You yeah. know, he's, Guy's played 40-odd times for Australia. Box-to-box midfielder. energy. You saw maybe a younger Kieran Lee. Uh, and I'd probably... I was thinking about this last night, actually, that um, he's probably the closest in terms of stature uh, and uh, attributes that you know that here brings to this team that Wednesday've had since Alex Lopez right I, okay. I, I, I would say that uh, that's probably the comparison I'm looking at really with Massimo Luongo is that um, I think he's another one who he's there to push the three who are in midfield and Sam Hutchinson and Kieran Lee You've got to think they're not going to get through the whole season without picking up an injury, um, particularly in Sam Hutchinson's case or, yep. or a suspension. <laughs> uh, I, you could throw that one into the mix too. So I, Luongu, they've now got five. So if they're going to persist with playing a three-man midfield, they've got at least five guys who uh, that, that that's their natural position. And that, that, you know, and so that's why it was important to get Luongu in. Uh, and yeah, hopefully it'd be a big hit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you um, what would you say has been the best bit of business then in the transfer window for Wednesday? Of the seven signings, well, I can only go okay off what I've seen so far, and I do think that Kadeem Harris hopefully is going to turn out to be one of the signings of the season in the championship. Uh, yeah. that, that's what we want. Uh, but I actually think I think all the business, I think they, they all make sense. And uh, in terms of what they've splashed out, it's, it's around one million on Luongo. Um, and the rest are threes and loans. And yep. that's the market that Wednesday's shopping in right now. Uh, and uh, we, we all have been saying for months and months and months that Wednesday had to operate differently. Uh, and Wednesday's hierarchy, to be fair to them, are. It's been a smart transfer window for Wednesday. That's that's kind of how I'd sum it up. I think we've done some smart business. You know, we're, we're kind of plus four million in, in terms of the kind of the profit and loss of, of this one transfer window. And I think the squad actually looks better. Um, you've got to remember the, you know, the players that we released at the back end of last season, we've kind of trimmed a lot of the deadwood out of the squad as well. Yeah. It just looks a lot healthier. Um, I asked the question on, on Twitter last night, I got a couple of really interesting responses actually. Great point from Adrian Smith on Twitter who says, best signing of the window, Tony Strudwick. Yes. Good answer. Uh, James Vernon ranks the best bit of business, actually, is is the outgoings. He reckons selling Jow for five to seven million is, is brilliant business. So um, some good things there. Uh, right, we'll come back on to transfers in a bit. Um, let's hear from the big lad, though. Let's hear from Bully. And he tells us how he found his first transfer deadline day. It was actually quite an enjoyable day when it turned five o'clock. I think, um, I think we're relatively happy with uh, how things went. And I'm glad it's finished. <laughs> How would you rate it overall business you've done? Yeah, I think we're delighted. Uh, I think there are three areas of the park that we need to strengthen. Um, I'm very calm uh, and relaxed about the situation now that, that what we got done was, I think, necessary, but also quality. I mean, ultimately, if you look at it, 
we lost George Boyd last year and we've brought in uh, Murphy. We lost Alman Abdi from last year's squad, we've brought in Luongo. We've lost Danny Pudo from last year, we've brought in Bates. So, um, we lost three really good players and now we've, we've brought in three really good players, uh, younger players as well. So, it's, listen, I think we're, we're quite happy with that. How much input did you have in the signings? We have had those lists running for, as I say, since since last season we've had lists running. And ultimately, slowly but surely, players drop out of lists when they sign elsewhere. Players, uh, players make decisions against maybe coming to your football club because they want to go to another football club. So slowly but surely, that list of 10, 20 centre-backs we've had slowly whittles its way down until we get to a point. And obviously we've got our first choices and things like that and we balance it out and we speak to the chairman we try and look at the financial aspects of it and is it is it the right thing for the football club um, and yeah I had a decent say in it but ultimately it come down to um, fantastic work and I'd like to say a big thank you to like guys like David Downs, Dean Hughes uh, and obviously the chairman for being able to put these put these lads into our squad because they're going to be a big big help. Obviously uh, Paul Jane Jones come in last week, which was an important signing for us after the unfortunate injury to Joe Wildsmith. So we needed that uh, experienced cover in there to help us, uh, and he's fitted in really well. The two new lads yesterday, um, I think we we needed a more defensive cover at centre back. So bringing in a 22-year-old centre back with the experience that David's got is, is is fantastic from our point of view. Young lad. Still a lot to learn, still willing to learn, a lot of hunger in his in his mind. When you've handled the atmosphere of uh, Ibrox and uh, played for a club the size of Hamburg in Germany, I think coming to Sheffield Wednesday is one that, that's excited him and one that is uh, really looking forward to getting involved in the environment here. Obviously with uh, Massimo, he's played in the league for so long, he knows the league inside out. He's been predominantly based in the south, so don't know if he's had a nosebleed uh, getting getting higher than Watford Gap on the motorway, but um, he's come in, typical Australian lad uh, with a great work ethic. He'll certainly com complement our midfield options now uh, with the lads we've already got in here. And uh, as I say, his experience in this league uh, will, will certainly help us out throughout the, the battle that is a Championship League season. And finally, bringing in Jacob with that sort of quality. That listen, you, you can't forget the lads a thirteen million pound signing a few years ago. He's uh, been involved involved in the national setup at youth level, pace, growing uh, technique, quality skills. And for me, I think a dying breed of wingers where he likes to get the ball and likes to drive one v one against fullbacks. Uh, so. Having brought in Kadim and brought in Jacob again, it gives us great, great options and a good age again. Yeah, absolutely. Are, are these all players that you've been as a club tracking for a while, or did some of them happen quite quickly yesterday? We've identified areas that we felt maybe needed strengthening, um, depending on ins and outs, um, and we've been gradually building lists of players that, that we feel would certainly enhance the group and complement the group we've got here already. So. Um, yeah, these are lads that have been on our radar for, for a spell, so we're, we're really happy to get them over the line. In terms of others, was, was Michael Hector close to, to coming in? I think Michael was always one that was on our radar, um, but I think it's important that we 
we worked within guidelines um, and unfortunately it wasn't one we were able to do. And in terms of outgoings, was there, is, was there a potential, I know Jordan Rhodes has been talked about quite a lot, is he now a really good option for you that you've yes. got available to Of you? course yes, of course yes. Um, yeah, obviously we're aware of the, the media speculation in Jordan with Norwich and how well he did down there yesterday and um, obviously the Norwich manager spoke very, very highly of Jordan yesterday in the media. Um, but that was unable to go through, so Jordan's here. Jordan will be a big part of the squad uh, going forward for the season and hopefully can play a part in getting the, uh, getting two promotions in a row. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? We could keep our fingers crossed on that one, but listen, his record's second to none. He's had a bit of up and down the last couple of seasons, but he's fully green back in the setup here with the squad and um, he'll definitely have a big part to play. Now that the window's closed, you touched during the summer about being a bit top-heavy with forwards. Mm -hmm. What do you feel about the balance of the squad now that the window's done, seven players have come in? Mm -hmm. I think I think we are a lot more balanced. I think there's still options, obviously. League 1 and League 2 are still able to do a couple of loan deals, so maybe one or two of our younger players might get an option to go and get a bit of experience there. Um, but overall, I think the balance of the squad now is... I'm a lot more happier with the balance. We've got a squad now of players, uh, I think 24, including the, some of the younger ones. Um, of course, you can only pick 11, you can only pick the seven subs, so there's 18 going to be involved, so that leaves you six players who are going to be disappointed week in, week out. But we'll, we'll try and balance it off, we'll try and keep everybody involved, and, um, and we'll pick horses for courses, depending on who we're up against. We'll try and pick the, the best squad available, depending on who we're up against, to try and win the game week on week. So Barnsley this weekend, how much are you looking forward to it? I'm really looking forward to it. I think Daniel's done a fantastic job up there at Barnsley. It's a fabulous football club with a good history. Um, they've obviously, as a club in general, they've obviously changed their philosophy in, in relation to the recruitment and signing a lot of younger players that are hungry, maybe want to prove themselves, a lot of energy. We know exactly what we'll be up against. And it reminds me a little bit of uh, Again, two or three seasons ago when a, a local rival got promoted and came up. So I've reminded the players of the outcome of that game and I think it's got a smell of that. If we're not mentally switched on for this game tomorrow, um, we could be in for a really tough day. Last Saturday's out of the way now. Feet are firmly planted. Uh, I'm sure Daniel will be the exact same after their final result against Fulham. Um, it's got all the makings of a fabulous game tomorrow. So hence it'll be no nil now said that. <laughs> Always a pleasure hearing uh, Lee Bullen. Um, he is really, I kind of, a, a bit of a daft thing to say this, and I, I touched on it a couple of weeks ago. He's really talking like a manager at the moment, isn't he? I thought this this morning he's got a real air of confidence about him. He, it just feels like he's really in control of what's going on. Yeah, I, I'm getting that sort of feeling that he's really growing into the role. Yeah. Uh, the longer he does it, this is the third time he's been caretaker in a year and a half. Yeah. And I, he's ready for it. He, he keeps on saying it that you know he thinks that uh, yeah I'm sure he won't admit it publicly but privately he'd be thinking get a, another positive performance and results against Barnsley back to back wins and uh, he's putting himself really in the frame he's knocking on the door. 
Yeah, it, it was. Um, he said it's, it's obviously it's not in the bit that we've just heard, but he said he was really gussed about the Berry match not going ahead, which we'll we'll touch on a little bit later on. But um, you can kind of see why actually, because that had been another opportunity. He'd obviously been in charge for that whatever happens in the next few days, um, and and that's another opportunity for him to kind of you know get another kind of grasp around the. Um, uh, the position, um, obviously no movement on the manager situation, deadline clearly taking precedence this week, um, probably not really anything for us to, to talk any more about, but just that impression that they're, they're just going to kind of see how the next couple of games unfolds really and uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, thank you by the way to Taito Law, our gold partner for this season, you can check them out, taitolaw.co.uk. If you need any legal advice or any help, uh, or if you happen to find yourself in a compensation battle with a Premier League club, um, Ollie would be able to happen, it, 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 do, it does happen, Ollie would be able to. Um, to help. Um, also, thank you to our newest blue and white supporter, Sean Lovell. Um, if you want to sign up, then check the show notes and you'll get all the details there. We were supposed to be having two games to talk about this week. As we've touched on, uh, it turns out it's only one. So, Barnsley on Saturday. Uh, their tails are up, obviously, promoted team. They beat Fulham. Um, I've only seen the highlights, but it looked like they beat Fulham pretty well at that first game of the season. They're a pretty tidy unit at the moment, Barnsley, and um, this could be could be a tight game, could be a good game as well. This is a real banana skin for Wednesday. Isn't it uh, just, I, yeah. I, I look at it and think, newly promoted. Uh, they, Daniel Stendhal's done an excellent job uh, at Barnsley, and uh, they've actually made a lot of signings this summer. I think they're well into double figures, but I like the Barnsley model of uh, they don't, again tend to bring in players over the age of 26. It's, it's, they are getting young players coming in from Europe or the lower leagues and their recruitment strategy is really their model. It's working for them yeah. um, very well and they play attractive football. I, I think in midfield, Alex Mower and, and Cameron McGeehan are going to do well this season for them. I think they're good players uh, and they've lost their top yeah, you know, scorer from last season and Kiefer Moore. They've just sold to Wigan for four million, but they brought in another striker before deadline day, uh, and and you know, I think Corey Woodrow will chip in and score goals. I don't expect Barnsley to go down this season, and so I look at it for Wednesday and think that it's a real tricky fixture. It really is. Um, in terms of the, the the team itself, I mean, it's it's generally unusual for any new signings to go straight into the to the kind of the next game. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, there's a change that's got to be made in terms of the goalkeeper. Other than that, probably not really expecting any any changes. Uh, tell you what, the Lee Bullen's got a real hard time naming probably not the team but certainly the bench because there's a heck of a lot of players in contention for that do you do you yeah. stick the new players on the bench having Jacob Murphy to come off the bench yeah. on Saturday if things aren't going according to plan that'd be great I think all three of them will be on the bench yeah I wouldn't I, be surprised. I, I'd, I'd put them all on the bench and we'd see potentially Luongu for Kieran Lee after sort of the 65 Highest. 70 minute mark or Sam Hutchinson uh, take your pick uh, and you've got Jacob Murphy for when Kadeem Harris, if he if he's running out of steam, also in the last 20 minutes, what a great option to have up your sleeve to put Jacob Murphy on. Uh, yeah, so I, the strength and depth now Wednesday have got, uh, it, it is great. It, you know, Sam Winnell couldn't get on the bench uh, last weekend. Uh, and, and so they've still got five strikers. Yeah. Uh, which, so it's plenty to choose from there. Uh, I suppose actually, I was, I, another thing that I was looking at the, earlier that, the only negative for Wednesday is that they still are carrying a fairly, a fairly big squad 
it, it does look as if it's going to be increasingly difficult for the youngsters to get much of a look in now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, hey, the fact is, this club needs to get back to winning games regularly. Yep. Uh, and it, it would be great if you can do that and also blood the academy players. And they were given plenty of chances last year under Jos Lukai, but times have changed. We had Steve Bruce come in and now Lee Bowen. And it, it, the thing is... It's, it's difficult to keep everyone happy and, and, and give them game time. The, the only the issue with this is that the only real options are um, loans to yep. League One, League Two, or, or even lower than, than than that. And we have we've yep. obviously seen a, a couple of the um, I'm going to say academy lads, or certainly one that's that's gone out on loan um, this season, uh, this week. Um, if you look at someone like Jordan Thornley, um, is he going to want to go on loan to a League One club? Is he going to see himself as being, you know, not kind of, mm. I'm not going to say, does he see himself as being above that level, but is is that the kind of level that he's going to be expecting to be playing football he's, at? Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's been on loan before, Jordan Thornley, it wasn't to Accrington, and he might have had another loan spell somewhere. So I don't think Jordan Thornley would be against going out on loan. Uh, I expect uh, Connor Kirby, that wasn't done, but he'll probably go to Macclesfield. I know that yep. was on the cards before the deadline. And you would think that Jack Stobbs, Ash Baker, yep. possibly Matt Penny uh, might be another one um, who, if if he's nowhere near getting into that 18 and he's down in the pecking order right now, he might have to look at it. And another one I w- I'd throw into the mix in terms of fringe well, is, of course, Joe's Van Aken. Van Aken is someone with the foreign market still being there. Maybe he's someone who will go out, go out on loan, maybe back to Holland. Uh, And I know that um, he is one that is available for loan. And and, but that's it. He's not played. He's not played any football. It'd do him good, wouldn't it? But he needs needs to go and play games. Yeah, he's he's a long way away from the first team at the moment. And I would put Formley ahead of him. So yeah. It, it can't be high, and then you've actually got four centre halves in Lee's, Borner, Bates, and Fournoy, who I think they're all ahead of him. So I think the best thing for Joe Van Aken would be to go and get some games somewhere, yep. whether it's in England or Holland or somewhere else in Europe. It would be great to get that player back that we we did see a little bit of. Yeah. The, the lad's definitely got talent. Um, he's it, it was it was just that 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 um, derby match at, at Hillsborough, wasn't it? The United game that he was just run ragged and he's never he's just never recovered from 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 that. And he started off quite strong. I remember yeah, thinking yeah, yeah, you know, his debut was, was it against Nottingham Forest, thinking, oh, you know, he, he could spray a ball around for a start from the back. You know, and that's the thing about him that on the ball. Uh, you know, he, he looks very classy and assured, but what's his job to defend? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what he very much needs to work on. And I think he has struggled at times with the physicality of the championship. Yeah. Um, right, let's hear from one of the new boys. Um, are we just going to call him Mass? Is that all right? Are we all right calling him Mass? I, I need to check with him, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'll just go with Massimo. Massimo, great name. Uh, let's hear about his experience of deadline day yesterday. It was all right. I actually did everything the night before so I, I was able to have a rest and sort things out before I come up here. You know, it's been a tough sort of pre-season for me because I was in a bit of a limbo but yeah I'm, I'm so glad to get it over the line and, and you know, just put my head down and then look forward now. What can fans expect to see from you Massimo? Uh, ultimately um, I say I'm a box-to-box midfielder I want to you know, help in both, both boxes great things but also you know make sure 
I do like a, like a tackle and, and I work hard and try to get about the pitch. I think that's the most important thing I get about the pitch and, and, I, and I throw my body weight around. And, um, but yeah, ultimately I think in this style of football, I, I want to be that, that player that, you know, that's up and down and, and can aid the defence but also just try and give the ball to the players that are you know, creative and, and try to create some stuff in the other box as well. What was it that sort of swung it in the end for you to, to come here? Did you have other offers? Um, there's always a few things in, in the background trying to, trying to get done and, and people waiting on a few things to make that snowball happen. And um, But I think coming here, obviously I'm from down south, I, I've never really stayed here more than a, an away game. And so coming here and feeling the, the feel of the town and just driving through and seeing people in Wednesday shirts and getting to the stadium and meeting people at the club, I think that was a... That's what that's what pushed me to yeah this is this is the place. How do you see Sheffield Wednesday? Is it a big opportunity? Yeah, uh, the only way I can describe it, playing it against them was always, you know, intimidating. It was always a tough place to come. You know, you're expecting big crowds. You're expecting to get popped off the pitch. You know, it almost. You know, the ground's always nice. You know, the standards are high, and, and you look at the players that they've got. You think, oh, here we go. You know, Sheffield Wednesday away. Um, but yeah, it, it's always you know easy to get up for them games. So you know how big a club is when when it's almost like a cup final for other teams to play here. So that's the way I can describe it. When did you first hear that Sheffield Wednesday were interested in bringing you here? Um, I think it was maybe a week or two weeks before the deadline day, um, where they showed their initial interest and. You know how long things take and, and, and negotiations and stuff like that. So it was it was it was quite a slow process. Yeah. Bit of a strange situation, really. Cause obviously, no permanent manager here. What's what's Lee Bullen told you about what he wants and, and what and what the situation is at the club? For him personally, there hasn't been much much talk about it. I've, I've met him and I've met him as if he's he's, he's the boss here. So. Um, He's, he spoke to me the day I signed, and, he, and we talked about just my role and, and where I could fit into the team, and, and how I fit into the team, and what he likes about me. And, and it wasn't wasn't a long chat or anything like that. But going forward, just um, I think this weekend will be a good a good sort of way to to see where I can fit in and, and, and watch the players um, you know, do their thing. Are you excited to see what, what the club can achieve? Because obviously there's always expectations at Wednesday, but yeah. there's probably expectations that you need to be somewhere around that top six. I think that's the main reason I, I signed. You know, this club's always looking up. Um, from the outside, I've always seen them as a, as a team that's going to push for playoffs and, and promotion. Um, and they should always be in and around it at the end of the season. And uh, yeah, I think coming here it, and, and the signings that they've shown shows that they're, they're, they're pushing and this season it's a, it's a weird one because of all the things going on in the background the financial fair play and, and, and you can see how level the, the championship is now and I think it, you look at this squad here um, you know I think they've got the best chance of, of going up he has a great accent don't you think it's oh, kind yeah. of like it's a combination of the, like there's a bit of Cockney there and then there's a bit of Aussie I love it. I just think it's great. I could listen to him talk all day, um, all day long. Uh, right, first home game of the season. Then coming up, no more lazy Saturdays. And um, what what is a typical Saturday 
for Dom when Wednesday are at home? I'm guessing like... Oh, you've never asked me this. The the butler wakes you up about 12, does he? Is butler. That, yeah? But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got about 10 of those, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> all your, uh, all your no, staff. No, uh, usually, uh, spend a bit of, you know, gym, spend a bit of time with a wife, maybe go out for breakfast in the morning, and yeah. then around uh, sort of half 12, quarter to one, head to the ground. I like to get to the ground, whether it's home or away, I tend to get to the ground a couple of hours before anyway, because there's, there's too many people to speak to or things to set up uh, ahead of work. So, yeah, that's that's a typical home game. T- typically, that's what it sort of usually consists of. Right, fair enough. Yeah. It's as interesting as that. It's, I'm uh, sure yours is a lot better, James. Uh, you could probably guess mine, to be honest. I don't think mine's well, any great shock. <laughs> Riverside, drinking and repeat? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there's some other pubs involved yeah oh. and sometimes you know we'll go for somewhere for some some food oh. um yeah half half 10 starts tomorrow first home game of the season <laughs> make the most of it um right uh, we did say earlier on oh, actually before we uh, before we move on from the Barnsley game just some news that's come out in the last couple of hours about this issue with um the north stand and and this report i, I can't I, I don't really know how to sum it up but if you've seen it you'll know what i'm talking about in terms of the fact that Wednesday they've been limited in the number of tickets they can sell for the north stand um so if you if if you sit in the north stand um like you know, me and my friends sit there um you, you've got to go in via Peniston Road. Now, I always go in via Leppings Lane, so I've got to remember this tomorrow, um, which I guess, I think there's only like three, four turnstiles on Peniston Road, so do allow plenty of extra time to um, to get into the ground. Um, and that's interesting. That I'm going to see how that unfolds in the next couple of weeks because it sounds like there's some legal stuff going off with that um, as, as well. Um, just bear in mind, after the game as well, it's it's exit via Peniston Road, so again, going to be busier getting away from the ground afterwards if you sit on the, um, on the north stand. And with it being the first home match, it's going to be a big crowd. Yeah, it is going to be yeah. busy, isn't it? And the they're they're stopped, stopped selling, stopped selling tickets. So um, hopefully this thing about, you know, they yeah. might have to ask some people who normally sit on the north to sit somewhere else for a game. I hope mm. this is not... It all sounds very very messy and um, probably publicity that, that we don't want. Um, we said earlier there should be two games this week, so we should, we should really be talking about um, a, a League yeah. Cup game on, on Tuesday against Bury. But of course, that's not happening. Um what an absolute mess that whole situation is there, and um, you know this. The, we, we've seen it with with Bolton, who are faring a little bit better in terms of at least their games are, are going ahead. Um, I look at this and just think, gosh, you know what? A few years ago, how close was this to being Wednesday that were were this 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 club? Um, Bury now as close as any clubs come for a long time in in terms of just just going, just dropping out of the league, just ceasing to to be. It's it's just an absolute mess. Um, have we had any indication as to kind of what happens next in terms of, of that now? Is, is is the plan still for that game to be played? Do Wednesday get a bye through to the next round? It's, 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 it's uncharted territory, isn't it, this? So we don't know. Yeah, it's ongoing. That's all you can really say is that um, the league is, is very much with them. They're being dialogue with Barry. What we do know is it's definitely suspended for next Tuesday, but yeah, there's a time scale on when Berry they have to get their house in order, and it, they're just in a financial mess, and yeah. it's so sad the the whole situation that they're in, and uh, you know you can only wish them good luck and uh, and hope that they get out of it. 
it's it's just it's just crap for the supporters, isn't it? It's so bad the supporters are the one that that, that lose out, and um, you know there can be plenty of finger pointing about who's in the right and who's in the wrong. But you tell you what, it's not the fans that are in the wrong, and yet they're the ones that that ultimately suffer because they've got no football to watch at the weekend, which is um, you know, that's not that's not football at all. Um, right, just a quick mention here: if you didn't do it last week, if you're a Wednesdayite based abroad, uh, the discounted iFollow subscription offer that's been extended runs until this coming Monday. Um, just head to the official Sheffield Wednesday site if you want to get the information for that. Uh, this is going to bring us to Alpinions. And uh, we asked last week where you think Wednesday will finish. I said, rather optimistically, said sixth. Um, as you'd expect, got a bit of stick for that, but I stand by it. Um, now, you said tenth asterisk. We'll come back to that. Um, some very differing opinions on Twitter. Um, a couple of people saying they think we'll win the league. I think 15th was the uh, lowest I did the sums and the average was between 7th and 8th, but slightly more towards 7th. So we'd round it upwards to 7th um, and then asked for a few more opinions today, which didn't actually move that average. So 7th was the uh, the average that I got back, which would be very annoying, obviously just outside the playoffs. Um, so 10th asterisk. Um, and that condition was that you wanted to reevaluate things after the transfer window and uh, seeing what, what business Wednesday did. So here we go then. 10th uh, position, higher or lower? Higher. Higher than a 10? I went to full Bruce Forsyth there. What are you uh, going You really then? did. Uh, that was impressive. <laughs> uh, I'm going with 8th. 8th? Yeah, not not enough to get in the playoffs. But I may reevaluate this <laughs> again in January in the no, next no, window. No, you're not having that. Can I not do no. that? No, no, no. no. Well, I'm not saying the fence, have I? I'm saying 8. I, I, I think that they're going to do better and finish higher than what they did last year. Oh, by the way, something we didn't touch on at all last week, uh, which really has uh, like, sort of caught my eye, uh, was the um, Sky Sports the readers prediction thing, predicting yeah. Wednesday to finish 24th. Uh, well, that incredible, was, I mean, really. I don't know if you did that or not, but it was one of those really daft things whereby you, you go on it and um, while, while the voting was open, they'd have kind of the live... 24 and you would either click kind of the plus or the minus on a team to kind of either give them an extra point or take a point away so it was a really rubbish voting system that a lot of people were looked at thinking well how do you vote i don't understand it because it's 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 like it's something that went out in about 2003 that kind of like voting something up and voting something down i tell you i bring it up actually is it's interesting as i know for a fact that there were quite a few of the players at wednesday who they they read that and they saw that and they're going to use that. It's not I a think bad thing motivation. Yeah, yeah, it's motivation. No, it's, so it's a good thing that actually they can use that as you know, fuel to you know, fire them for the rest of the season that uh, prove people wrong. And that, actually, Kieran Westwood uh, said something very similar to me a few days ago of where, you know, that's it, we're going to prove people the doubters wrong or the, the, the people who think that Wednesday are going to go from finishing 12th last season to all of a sudden finishing bottom of the championship. So yeah. they're going to make, hopefully, people... Eat humble pie. I, I really don't mind it because I think that um, when the seasons that Wednesday have struggled is when they've there's been a bit of expectation there. Yeah. It's when we've been underdogs. have been the seasons when when Wednesday generally have done better. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah I'm I'm fine with um, fine with that. Can I? Uh, I, I want to ask you a question. This is uh, again unscripted, but um, okay. I, I was working this out. Can you tell me when the last time was that Wednesday uh, they won? Uh, and don't you dare say that you've seen my way. If you, if you when Wednesday won, uh, they're opening two league games in a season. Ooh, uh, right, that's a good question. Um, I'll give you a clue. You're going back a long time. Right, I, I was going to go with um, the promotion season from 
League One. Is that wrong? No. Uh, so we're going to be going back to, uh, I don't know, no idea. Uh, mid mid noughties, 2004? 1996. Good grief. David Pleat years. And won four wow. in a row. Top of the Premier League, and that was the, yeah, that was the Richie Humphreys yes. game, wasn't it? And that was wow, right? Okay, gosh. So um, that's that's what Wednesday are playing for to uh, end that little record. More than twenty years, crikey! Yeah. Right, fair enough. Makes you feel old. It does. Yeah, I was I was there. I remember it. I remember it very well. Um, right, this week then on our opinions, uh, we want another number. So um, we're asking you to give Wednesday's summer transfer business a score out of ten. Um, do you want me to go first? Yes. I've gone with seven. Seven? That's yeah. harsh. There's reasons. Explain. Um, I ultimately still feel that the fullback positions were a bit were a bit short. Uh, and not necessarily short, a bit weak. Um, so, yeah, um, lose a point for that. I think we could have done with offloading another striker. Um, I'm going to disagree with you that, so because if they had offloaded another striker, so say... Hypothetically, it was Jordan Rhodes. So if he'd gone... It's not Jordan Rhodes that I'd have offloaded. Okay, who, who would you have got rid of? I'd have got rid of Atty Neary. Right, okay, so Atty'd gone. And you, what? how happy would you have been with the four remaining strikers that Wednesday have? Um, well, I'm no, I'm no happier about it when you've got Atty Neary in the mix than I would be if he wasn't in the mix, if I'm honest. I'd, I'd, I, I, I'd rate it pretty much the same, and and I, I mean it's probably a bad example because obviously you've got to have someone that wants to to, to sign yeah. them. Um, Atty's got a role to play in a lot of teams. There's no doubt about that. Um, possibly Sam Winnell would would just fall into the same category. It, would it make all that much difference if he wasn't here this season? As things stand now, you know, I, it would be I guess a loan deal for for Winnell to go somewhere, uh, and maybe it'll still happen. You know, maybe he'll he'll go out to League One or League Two or something. I don't know. Um, uh, I think you know if as long as there's a recall thing there, if we did find that the injury bug bit again, um, I, I yeah, I, I just think that we still we've just got a a couple of strikers whose impact is just not big enough to justify having both of them. I hear what you're saying. My argument would be this: that is Stephen Fletcher going to play the entire season? Yes. No. Yes. No, he won't. He's, he's, he won't. he's as fit as he's ever been. He, he, he is. He's he is, looking but, in great shape. Maybe but, not his hair, but he's looking in great hey, shape. Well, you know about that. Um, <laughs> but it has been... Uh, yeah, last year, I think he played nearly 40 games. He's 32 now. Is he going to do that again this year? Big ask. Forrest Sherry, he's got a six-match ban looming. Yep. Uh, then that leaves you with Atty and Sam Winnell and Jordan Rhodes, who uh, has not delivered a number of years uh, so if you'd let a strike for me I think that it's not a bad thing actually that they've got five I so think they'd have been short if they'd got offloaded another one what, what unless they'd had a replacement or somebody else who could um, play in that position so what is your score I gave it eight eight yeah, yeah so I was a mark higher than you I I, I, I docked to mark for not getting Hector back uh, and I docked to mark for not bringing in a left back okay so we, we've got about it from a similar-ish point of view. Yeah, similar-ish you know. point of view, okay. but, but you're wrong and I'm right. 
Well, we'll 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 see what the Wednesday masses have to say. If you want to join in the conversation with the hashtag Alpinions, Twitter details in just a second. Tell us what you think, and we will mention some of your thoughts next Friday. And I'll I'll get my calculator out again and um, see what average marks it get. I reckon it'll be nearer to seven than eight, but we'll we'll I think we'll, you're we, we will see. Um, we'll set a new Alpinions next week as well. Uh, that's just about it. Thank you for joining us. You can catch Dom on Twitter at Domhausen. I'm on Twitter at James Marriott, and you can get the show at Dom and James. As ever, do let us have your feedback and we appreciate your reviews please subscribe to Sing the Blues for free in your podcast app of choice to make sure you get the new episode every week and check the show notes for details of how you can become a Singing the Blues supporter up the owls and see you next Friday (laughs) 